Okay. So <laughs> when I started in digital marketing, um, I was overwhelmed by all the elements involved in creating a digital strategy and implementing it. I would get this vision of being in the pilot seat of a cockpit with a ton of controls at my fingertips, you know, a cabin full of innocent passengers behind me and not a clue of how to even start the engine, letting alone getting it off the ground. Again, there are a lot of different channels to choose from in digital. Learning each one will take a lot of time and plenty, plenty of research. As a business owner, it is most likely that you will not have the time to delve into each one of these and intimately learn the ins and outs. You know, on top of selecting the channels, there exists a number of what I like to call controls that can be used to launch any type of campaign. And when you layer those controls on to the channels and have to decide which controls to use for each, it's, it becomes a lot and it's a lot, it's overwhelming. And that's how I felt at least when I started. You know, um, if you strategically select the, the proper channels, you know, you don't have to learn the controls or once you learn the controls to one, they become similar to the controls that you use in another channel. At first I thought of these controls as something I had to learn, uh, meaning more precious time that I had to spend. But over time I changed my, my mindset and learned to look at these as tools I get to utilize, not that I had to utilize in order to best target a specific market, increase sales and reduce wasted spend. These tools, I said, again, are available mostly across all channels and aren't put in place to confuse you, but to help you in making your goal. If you put the time in to learn the controls, you'll take away the intimidation factor and be free to carry on with your strategy. Digital marketing for entrepreneurs. So again, there are many channels, engines, platforms, strategies, tactics, tools, and resources that one can leverage to become a digital marketing expert. However, unless you're trying to start a digital marketing agency as your business, there, there's no need to master each of these. To be successful in digital marketing as an entrepreneur, the most important thing is to focus, focus on the most cost-effective ways to drive conversions. And when I say conversions, that can be a lead, a sale, a call, or whatever you have set as your goal. There's a plethora of free online resources to help you get started. Once you select a channel to start in or focus on, you simply do some research. The search engines and platforms typically offer step-by-step -step instructions on how to get started, and there are numerous free articles and videos online found via a simple web search. And I keep emphasizing this, again, because of, you know, the vastness of digital marketing, and I don't want it to feel intimidating to anybody because it's, you know, a simple Google search way to find out more info. Here we have digital marketing for small business owners. I'll dig a little deeper into some of the more important channels. Now I can create a full presentation for each of these, um, but for the sake of time, I'll just cover the high level basics by providing some brief descriptions, give you some tips and resources for each one. Uh, again, there's links that you can use to do your own research. There's somewhat of a priority order, but as I will explain, there are also areas where they overlap. So mobile site optimization um, isn't exactly a channel, and this kind of fits in with developing your website. But why I bring it up is because of the, some of the statistics that I mentioned earlier, how much um, traffic comes through mobile now versus, you know, 10, even five years ago. It's so important um, not only because of the amount of traffic that it receives, but because Google has added it to their algorithm, their ranking algorithm. So whatever content you put on your site, you have to make sure that um, it's in a responsive format for your mobile site. Because if somebody on their mobile screen doesn't have the same experience or a lesser experience as they would on desktop, then you're going to lose a lot of customers. Um, what it is, I put ensuring that the mobile site design caters to mobile visitors so they have an optimized experience adapted to the size of the screen that they happen to be using. Um, 
why it's important, again, referring to the statistics. And I put a link here for uh, the information on Google's prioritization on mobile site speed. Um, it's a key metric in their algorithm for ranking. So um, at the bottom two in the resources and tools, I have a link where you can check your site speed and make sure that it's up to par. Um, when creating your mobile site, you wanna make sure that the content is scrollable, minimizing the need to click through on multiple pages because the more clicks that you have the, um, to get to information, the more people that are gonna drop off. Again, use the responsive design template for everything, avoid text-heavy paragraphs. And if you can, try out AMP pages, um, which are accelerated mobile pages. And I put an example in the bottom right corner. If you've seen any of these uh, with the little lightning sign in the bottom left, that's, a, that's an AMP page. They were created by Google to be just more efficient and load faster. Um, I haven't tried them personally. I've just been reading some articles saying that they're important. So I wanted to put it out there um, for you to test if, you, if you're able to. And the next channel I have is search engine optimization. Uh, what it is, the process of making your website more favorable in the search engine rankings to drive more traffic to your site. And why it's important. SEO increases organic site traffic from the search engines, which is free outside of any you know, internal cost that you have to optimize, optimize the site. And this is a much cheaper alternative to paid ad placements on Google and Facebook. Tips for SEO. Um, the first page of search end results attracts 75% of total traffic from search. So, you know, in other words, make sure you're ranking on the first page and not getting pushed to subsequent pages or you probably won't get seen. Doing your keyword research is so important and there are a ton of free tools out there um, to use. You definitely don't want to go in assuming you know what keywords people are looking for. Um, it's okay to start there, but um, those are the kind of terms that you would put into the tool to see what other terms people are looking for. It's not only imperative in a good SEO strategy, but you can use keyword research data across channels. You're gonna to wanna to implement those keywords into your email content, um, into your social media campaigns, your banner ads and, and all of that. So it's, it's very valuable and highly necessary for SEO. You also wanna make sure that you're providing fresh content. So once you build your website, it's important to continuously add new content to it. Um, you don't want it to be stagnant for too long. Um, and so, you know, you don't wanna have a good relationship with your, um, whoever's hosting your site or the developer or the designer. Um, and if you don't, there are more tools and templates now available that you can make changes yourself without breaking anything. Uh, another tip for SEO is that the more backlinks a page has, the more search traffic it gets from Google. So you want to make sure that you're linking to pages of other businesses who are authorities in your industry who trust you and, and hopefully they link back to you. Uh, you want this linking to happen because Google looks at it and you know, awards you for doing so. Um, Long tail keywords are like three to four words in, in a search term. So they can be a little more relevant than, you know, say like women's shoes or something. It can be like women's shoes size 10. It's just, it's more relevant to um, what you're selling. People are more interested instead of it being, you know, just a generic search term. If you have more of these, you'll have a higher click through rate. Um, than those generic type searches. Oh, sorry. I'm just reading the comments now. Oh, I'll get to um, some more information on scheduling, but um, a lot of the information that I'm offering is see all these red links. They'll go to sites online where you could read more because, you know, 
scheduling is really going to vary by business and industry. So it's, it's kind of hard to make it without knowing, you know, your business model and, and your goals. But uh, you can read more about it to cater to your business. And then, yes. Uh, okay. And then, yes, Erica, we, I will send out the slides so um, you can have access to all the links in here. And then I'll, Thank you. I think I put uh, what the steps will look like in 2021. Let me see if I can. I can't click on it without exiting the, without exiting the presentation. So I'll keep going. And again, um, I'll send these out afterwards. No worries. Thank you. Okay, content marketing, what it is. An approach that produces consistent content for all of levels of the funnel, including SEO, which I just mentioned, that is rich, relevant, and which aligns with your brand and business objectives. Some examples um, in content marketing include your website, blog posts, infographics, eBooks, videos, case studies, interviews, white papers, etc. Um, and then why it's important, content marketing positions your brand. It drives leads, sales, and conversions. It helps with retention. It supports other digital marketing initiatives, and it establishes authority and builds reputation. Some tips for content marketing, provide consistent, relevant, and original content over time. So, and the reason why I highlighted original content is because Google's ranking algorithm will punish duplicate content. So you want to avoid any kind of plagiarism at all costs and produce truly original content. And, you know, it, it will take some time, a lot of time, in fact, but as a small business with a smaller budget, usually compared to some of the bigger players, it's important to have a content strategy because one, you can afford to do it. You can write these articles yourselves or have somebody that does it for you. You can pay somebody where, you know, you're only paying per article. And that can be much less expensive than, say, you know, paid advertising um, or hiring an agency to do so to, to manage the channels. And, you know, it, it's going to help you compete against the bigger spenders um, when you provide more content because, you know, you're not throwing money per se at it you're just you're throwing content and you're telling the engines that hey I'm relevant and people want what I have to offer again and then the resources and tools I have listed here are Hootsuite and BuzzSumo and anytime where there's a free trial I, I you know I went to all these sites I kind of checked them out a little bit to see if I felt that they were easy to use and if there was a free trial I put that in there because as later on I'll explain, I think it's important to take advantage, especially as a small business of these free trial periods whenever you can to test it out. And if it's something that, you know, is like if it's a software program or something that they want you to keep long-term and you can't, that's fine. Uh, but you can usually get a lot of data and information out of it before your free trial expires. And then I threw this slide in here to help visualize uh, when I, when I, what I'm talking about when I talk about content marketing, the um, pieces of content, what they look like, and what part of the funnel to present them in. So tofu stands for top of the funnel, then middle of funnel, and bottom of funnel. And so these are where you're going to want to, this is going to be the timing for when you release the content. And the next channel I'm going to dive into is the email marketing. Email marketing uses, of course, email to develop relationships with current and prospective customers in nearly all levels of the customer life cycle. You know, email got a bad rap for a while because everyone started to get bombarded with tons of junk mail. And although this still happens today to some degree, Businesses have learned to better cater their messaging and timing so that customers receive much more targeted and relevant messaging. So we've seen efficiency improve, you know, tremendously over the years. 
and it's fairly inexpensive. You can utilize your content produced via your content marketing strategy and recycle it and send it to, you know, the right segment at the right time. Why it's important, email is still one of the most efficient ways to convert visitors or readers into customers in terms of both cost and conversion. So some tips for email marketing, it's to uh, build your own engaged email list. So there are email lists out there that you can buy, um, but if you can, I would avoid that depending on how much traffic and emails you can collect. If you can do it yourself, I say that's always the better route because one, it's more relevant, right? These people have already said, I am interested in what you have. Um, when you buy a list of people that haven't engaged with your brand yet, there's a higher potential to you know, become deemed a spammer and you can get blacklisted in that case. So um, I say, if you can build your own engaged email list, uh, create branded email templates that can be customized so you don't have to start from scratch every time you send out a new one. Uh, and personalized messaging, the software allows you to dynamically insert, you know, someone's name. Those are the emails that say, hello, Lydia, you know, so it kind of feels like you're talking directly to them and there's more of an uh, intimate relationship versus, you know, some generic messaging. So that makes the customer feel more engaged with you. And personalization isn't just, you know, using the name that also comes in, you know, it's related to the next bullet, which is properly segmenting your list. It is sent, a personalized message is also the message sent at the right time saying, hey, I have, you've already said that you're interested and you wanted this information and now I'm giving it to you. So it's also giving the right message at the right time. And then you wanna perform email scrubbing and scrubbing is just removing all of the emails that are not actively engaged. So all of the people that maybe signed up at one point but have not opened anything since then. Uh, you want to do this every three months if you have a lot of email volume or at least a couple times a year, uh, which is more likely for a small business. And then you want to preview and test your emails before sending, I, you know. I can't tell you how many times um, I got emails and the companies that I work for, our email marketing manager always sent just our little marketing crew, the email before sending. And we always caught something, you know, be, especially when you up the volume of emails that you're sending, you're going to make little mistakes and it's hard. You can't really retract an email and it stays in their inbox and they reference it again and again. So you just want to make sure everything's accurate before sending. And then research the best sending time for your industry. You know, if you want to get people when they're at their computers, not when they're going to sleep and stuff. And that's pretty, you know, self-explanatory. And some resources and tools. The most common tool that I've seen uh, is MailChimp, and that's free to use up to 2,000 subscribers. And once you exceed that, there are packages um, depending on what you want, what you think your volume is going to be. But to start off, I again, always about getting the freebies. Um, and then I added a couple of uh, articles about the state of email marketing and how to start an email. And then the next channel we're going to dive into is social media marketing. Social media marketing leverages the use of social networks, such as Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat, and Pinterest. And why it's important, it helps to build your brand, grow your following, establish relationships, and generate sales. And the tips for social media marketing is integrate your marketing efforts, like you know, so what I'm saying there is that the stuff that you're using through content marketing and if you have any influencers, which might not come till later, that's going to be integrated with your social media. So they kind of, you know, feed off of each other, know your audience and that's, you know, universal across channels. You always want to know your audience, but why it's really important in social media is because the audience in social media aren't there to buy anything. You know, they're there to socialize. They're there to see updates from their friends and family. And so 
you don't want to pressure too much and you you want to be a little more specific with your targeting when you're in social media marketing because of that. So keep that in mind and, and be aware. And then creating a social media calendar helps because I know like, at least when I first got started, it's easy just to, you know, as something comes to you, say, hey, I want to post this, but you'll start to lose track. And having a calendar isn't just going to help you with um, planning for the future. It's also going to help you reference back. You know, if you want to talk about something, you could look back at the calendar when you posted something last time about a similar subject or similar topic and go back and, and make sure you're not um, saying the same thing over and again, or over again, you want to reiterate in different words. So uh, having a calendar is, is really important. And some of the resources and tools that I have links here for, for the Facebook ads platform, which manages your Instagram posts too. So I don't know if anybody is doing that, but you don't, you know, when you log in to do these posts, it's the same platform. So for one campaign, I can do a checkbox to launch it in both Facebook and Instagram. And let's see, Hootsuite was one of the programs that I saw that can help manage this. And then I added an article on how to use social media for small businesses and self simple too. So for the social, the non-Zuckerberg social media platforms you recommend? Um, well, I mean, so I've worked on big campaigns, right? And, and we have budget to test everything, but really where we saw the most return for our money was um, Facebook and Instagram, obviously. You know, YouTube was challenging. Snapchat was, uh, I don't know if it was the audience targeting that didn't work for us, but um, Facebook had the more targeting opportunities, the easier to use platform. And, and that's kind of why I said this one, when you think of social media marketing, right, it's Facebook. And as we get into paid ads, my world was in Google and yeah, my links are going to be a little biased towards Google, but I always encourage everybody to, you know, to, if you have the ability, the resources, the time to test it out at a small scale to see if it's going to work for you. So if you find another platform that works, then by all means, please do that. Uh, and then paid advertising. So as I mentioned earlier, you know, this is, this is where I'm comfortable. This is where I spent most of my career on the paid side. Uh, and paid ad placement on the search engines, um, Paid ad placement is on the search engines. It's in the display network and social media platforms. So in social media, you know, you can do those free posts or of just regular content about your company and hope that somebody sees it in their feed. And then you can buy advertisements on social media too and um, have more likelihood of showing up. The cost structure for this is usually on a pay-per-click basis and the pay-per-click or the cost of each click is gonna vary greatly um, depending on who is targeted, what time of day they're targeted, what geographic location and the competitiveness of your industry. So I didn't really add any numbers here because it, it's too hard to say. Uh, it's gonna be very specific to your business. And why it's important, it's, because of the specific targeting and powerful analytics. So unlike a lot of the other channels, paid advertising allows you to target people, at least on in the search engines, mostly in Google, Yahoo, Bing, um, for people who have the intent to purchase. They type something in Google, right? Or they said that they're interested in your product. So when if you don't have a, a website that's going to rank organically because you know you haven't gotten to that point yet where your competitors have more established websites and they rank higher you know the way to get in is to pay for an ad placement with that being said though um paid ads are usually more expensive right because it's per click and it's based off of competition and just this morning i realized um I typed in a few searches just to get a screenshot to share. And I realized there were no ads showing. And I, you know, I haven't done paid ads in only one year, but one year ago, I mean, we kind of paid ads kind of took over the, the search engine results page. So 
it was really interesting to me to discover that there was no ad placement. It was um, local listings for businesses near me only that weren't paid. So, um, you know, I'm wondering what my colleagues that are still in the industry are doing. They're probably very worried, you know, but that is really good for small businesses, you know, because that means the ad placements have been removed so that the small businesses and the local listings are going to show more, way more than they used to. And Google has always changed their pages. The pages never look the same over the years. They have changed so much and sometimes they test things. So I don't know if this is just a test or something that they're going to move forward but you definitely want to capitalize on this right now and make sure that your SEO um, strategy and that your website and that your Google page are ready to go on these, on these natural organic listings. Um, and where paid ads is going to go in the future, I'm not sure, but you know, in the search engines isn't the only place because like as I mentioned, you can do paid advertising on the social platforms as well. Some tips. Um, Use your SEO and content keyword research to build your keyword portfolio. Uh, another area where keyword research is important. Get your targeting right. Uh, there, these are these are about the controls that I mentioned earlier with all those different white arrows. You know, you can pick the time of day, the demographic, the geographic location. You can even target by device on mobile. You can just target saying, "I want to target." Uh, Apple users versus Android users. You know, the targeting gets so granular that if you are tight on budget, it gives you the opportunity to pick exactly who you want to target to. And that specific type of targeting is not really available always in all the other channels. And then this is one of the most important tips that I can say is analyze the data because the data that you're getting from paid advertising, again, it's remember you're targeting people who have already shown intent to purchase. So you wanna know this customer as much as possible. And you don't wanna just report on the data to see trends. You wanna understand what the data is saying. So you can look on what, you can look at what people clicked on, what they typed in, um, and Google does a thing called, or the search engines, again, there I see I go favoring Google again. Uh, what the search engines do is called keyword mapping. So, you know, say I bid on a keyword that is um, home loans, you know, super generic. If you type in home loans in San Dimas with a credit score of 650, what can my rate be? You know, I'm not going to take the time to put that keyword into my portfolio, but the search engine is going to map that query to the keyword. So if you just look at your keyword report and say, oh, this keyword got a lot of clicks, that's not gonna tell you much. You can analyze the actual search queries that people typed in and create, say, oh, hey, I think there's an opportunity to create a campaign for somebody who has a specific credit score or lives in San Dimas and is ready to apply if they put apply, you know? So in those cases, you really wanna dig through all the data that's available to find areas that are gonna be profitable for you. And then um, remarketing, and this isn't really just a paid advertising thing because um, you can do this through other channels, but what it is is remarketing to your customers, right? So somebody came to your site, um, they went to a certain page, you tag them and then you can hit them with an advertisement later on. So say someone clicked on an ad, then they went on the display network where they're not on a search engine at all. They're just on the World Wide web. Um, my ad can show up on that website because I've retargeted to that person. So the message is relevant. Again, another time where you want to put in controls, though, because if you if you use this, you want to make sure that you cap the amount of impressions that you have on that person because you don't want to feel creepy, you know, like you're following somebody um, everywhere online. If people don't like that. <laughs> and then um, video, another tip, video ad placements and paid social are much cheaper than traditional TV ads. So, you know, where some crazy Super Bowl commercial can cost in the millions of dollars for a 30 second spot. On YouTube, you can put a budget of like, or I'm sorry, um, on social media, you can put a video 
with a budget cap of like $10 a day or $20 a day. And, you know, you know, maybe you won't get the exact audience that you want, but you'll get some impressions and then you can make decisions based off of the engagement from those impressions of, you know, how to define and refine your targeting from there on. And one of the tips that I have, if you're going to take this channel um, on is to at least test automation. So when I was in the agency, I focused on small businesses, doing paid advertising for small businesses. And automation was a joke 10, 15 years, or 10, 12 years ago, um, because we tried it out and it never worked and it brought in way too much traffic. And we, we told ourselves, you know, oh, it's the engines that the Googles and the Yahoo's are just trying to make more money by letting people click on everything, even though it's not relevant to you, you know, but over the years, they've really fixed the technology behind their algorithms where they don't want to just get the clicks that cost you money because then they're going to lose the advertisers, right? They want to give you the clicks that are going to bring you the most conversions. And they look at things now that they never used to look at before, you know, like, like I said, like what type of tablet you're on, what other items you've purchased in the past, you know, would make you more likely. And all of this stuff isn't visible in their algorithm, right? Cause that's the secret sauce, but we just know from, from when I started testing this in the last couple of years, the advancements have been tremendous. And some of my campaigns are totally run automatically. So I think it's something that's, that's worth testing. And you're going to hear articles that say, don't do it. Um, I say to try it out and Yes, I am a Google advocate, but if you do it in Google at a small scale, that's where I think you're going to see the best results. And of course, there are my Google links, Google Ads platforms, and the link that says Google Ads Skill Shop, that is a link to like their education center where you can learn how to use all of the different Google tools that they have. And once you learn those, I think it's it's a centralized location for all these educational pieces, right, that you can use for the other search engines that you might want to, like Bing, Microsoft, uh, Yahoo, you know, it's not going to be exactly the same, but at least you have the education here that can teach you how to manage those skills um, or manage the campaigns in those search engines and those platforms. Um, and you might get a cheaper cost per click in the other platforms because, of course, they're less competitive than Google is. So if you want to try paid ads, maybe, you know, I should have put that in the tip there. Try being first. It'll be cheaper. Get some learnings. And then when you have enough budget, go to Google. Okay. Um, well, I thought I was going to run short and I'm going much longer than I thought I was going to. So I'll try to go through these a little faster. Um, now that you have, you know, some important info on the different channels that are available. We're going to move on to strategy building, building, which you guys are all here for. Um, and the following steps might seem really simple. If you've had any business classes while in college, you've probably studied more in-depth and lengthy processes. But what I tried to do again is just focus on the steps that you absolutely need just to get started. Um, there's a lot of work that has to be done in the background to come up with the answers for things that I pose on the next slide. So just know that, you know, they might not be too text heavy, but they're pretty important. So creating buyer personas, and this is about really knowing your audience and you can get to know them through different methods. And one way is to use data from the current campaigns, from the channels that we've already mentioned. Uh, interview customers. This is sometimes easier for entrepreneurs because customers who shop at small businesses tend to support small businesses and want to help, and they may be more willing to provide feedback. Of course, you don't want to be too aggressive with this, so if you get any pushback, you just move on to the next customer. And then the types of uh, information you want to collect are demographic, which would be location, age, income, and job and personal information like goals, interests, hobbies, and challenges. If you can, of course, you know, within privacy policy guidelines, but the more that you know about your customers, the easier it will be to create content that interests them and engages them. And setting goals. 
So set realistic goals, short, medium, and long-term. The short-term goals, you know, you make might be necessary to pay your bills or, you know, you got to do what you have to to keep the lights on, right? Or, or have you make sure that your team gets paid, uh, you know, or maybe there's something that hits the news um, that creates an opportunity. Like, you know, we predict the weather is going to be, you know, we're going to have the worst rain in all of history for the next two years and you sell umbrellas, you know, so then you, you come up with a short strategy, a short-term strategy that's going to take advantage for the next two years of these, of this circumstance. Um, but, you know, short-term isn't always just reactive to the market. Uh, short-term goals sh- should also be made ahead of time as steps to get to your medium and long-term goals. Um, and what you want to establish is what you want to achieve, when you want to reach it, and how you're going to measure that success. And when you're setting targets, you want to be very specific. You don't want to just set a goal of get new customers. Instead, you want something like earn X amount of revenue and profit. Um, and again, this slide might not have a lot of text or fancy images, but it's probably the most important slide in this presentation. And it's going to require a lot from you to do your research, uh, spend your time and put in your best efforts to answer these questions. Um, the next piece is auditing your current online strategies. Now, this of course only applies if you've already started some campaigns. If you're trying to create a strategy before starting your business, then you know, kudos to you and bonus points. Um, but if you have already started your business and you've launched some campaigns, then use them. Even if the performance tanked, you want to use your data to make improvements. Don't let the money and the resources that you spent on those campaigns to go to waste. You want to take any failure as a learning experience because, you know, you've already paid for it. Um, earned media. So, you know, in the bigger companies that I've worked with on the social side, um, they'll have a manager that, that manages the earned media versus the owned media. And the, the earned media is free media you get for your business. So, People have actively written reviews or articles about your business that you didn't pay for. So when you audit that strategy, what you're doing is you want to look at what enticed those people to share about your business. What was your business awarded for? And that will help you to discover ways to earn additional earned media by expanding or improving in the same areas. Your owned media is your website, your Facebook business page, your blogs and white papers and all that other content that we talked about in your content marketing strategy. Um, by auditing this section, then you discover areas to improve engagement. Um, and it could be in the content, you're, you're testing to see what content people like and the format that they like it in. Paid media, which is paid advertisements, we talked about already. Um, when you audit here, again, another part, uh, I'm reiterating that you want to analyze the ex- data to expand and reduce waste. So, you know, analyzing data isn't just to grow your business. You know, sometimes analyzing data is finding out where to cut costs, what is not working, you want to pull back, spend on. So pulling back in the areas that are not profitable to you um, will help you to grow in other areas, to allow you to invest more media spend in the areas that are working for you. And then establishing your budget. So when you talk about budget, that covers different areas, right? And what we always think of first is money. It's important to have an overall budget as well as individual campaign budgets. So you don't overinvest into one digital marketing tactic. And a budget also consists of uh, planning for your resources. Who you have on your team is super important. You know, do you have a team? Is it just you? Budgeting their time or your time across channels is just as important as the financial budget. And then operations. Uh, remember to include the cost of any tools or software programs that you'll use to run your digital marketing campaigns. Um, right away, all my tips are saying to do everything free first, (laughs) and then moving into the things that cost money. Um, And that's when you're going to want to start to bring on software 
that can help you run everything because you're not going to be able to run the business and the digital marketing yourself. And then here is a look at an integrated marketing strategy. Uh, digital marketing strategy describes a series of actions that use online marketing channels to achieve various goals. So we went over all the channels, right? And, and this is kind of what it looks like. When I started in digital marketing, we saw a lot of linear models where, you know, you start with this and then you move to that and you end with this. But over time, with the advancement of digital technology and targeting capabilities, we're seeing a lot of overlap for a more integrated approach. Things are very fluid. For instance, email is arguably the most cost-effective channel and SEO might bring you the highest amount of site traffic. But if you haven't invested enough resources into the website and content marketing, then your email and SEO efforts will fall short. Um, However, you know, to start, you won't know what kind of content resonates best with your customers to put into your website or to write content for the emails without the results from your, um, your other channels like SEO, email marketing, and paid ad campaigns. So, you know, each of these are constantly feeding each other and they're continual strategic revisions that take place, allowing you to grow your business. And this is what the digital marketing process looks like across channels. Um, again, you know, the research phase, the strategy, which we just went over in depth. Then there's design and creatives, the assets that you need for the website and the banners and, you know, your social posts and then launching the campaign. And then on most of the, the models that I've seen, gather data and analyze just one like under one data. But the reason that I separated them is because again, I feel like analysis is so important and just gathering data is not going to give you enough. You have to look at it and find out what it's trying to tell you. Cause there's always a story, you know, and you just got to dig a little deeper to find out what it is. It, and sometimes you're going to have different objectives. You know, I want to find the story that tells me where I can reduce my cost because I'm low on funds right now. Or sometimes it's like, I got to make enough sales to pay my rent. So I have to increase volume, you know, so that's the story that I'm looking for. So, it's, you know, analyzing the data is much more um, in-depth and, and, and is what you need rather than just gathering data. So I separated those because that's how important I think it is. And then optimize, because of course, what do you do with all the data that you analyze? You, you use it to make an improvement, you act on it. Uh, I threw this slide in, the after purchase funnel, because it's gotten a lot more attention in recent years. I was an acquisition manager for a long time. So, you know, my job was to bring in new customers. But what companies are starting to focus a lot more on is retention and making your customer a brand advocate will pay off tremendously. So use your channels, not just to acquire new customers, but to continuously market to your existing customers. That is super important, um, especially again, for small businesses. So in closing, uh, you know, now I've told you, don't worry about all the channels. And then I told you all the channels feed each other. So, you know, you're probably asking, so where do I start then? So my advice is to start with your best educated guesses on what content to put on your website, uh, but then be flexible and, you know, and, and ready to make changes based off of the traffic that you get looking at, you know, of course, analyzing the data, you know, the bounce rates, um, what people are spending their most time on, um, where they're bouncing from. Um, as data comes in, you know, use it to create more content. And when it comes to selecting marketing channels, start with the most cost-effective ones, which I have as email and SEO. Um, the SEO is going to drive traffic to your site and you need that data to, again, you know, collect analyze, and it's going to help you make decisions on where to go next and the other channels. I offered a lot of information about uh, free trials, so use them, um, but not all at once. Use one at a time, you know, learn it well, get comfortable with it, get what you can out of it, and then cancel before you're charged. 
then you go out and find another free trial for a similar tool. And again, you know, I'm speaking because I'm just assuming that you guys are all on a tight budget. Um, but if it's not the case, you know, you don't have to be so frugal. Uh, but these are just my tips on, on stretching that dollar. Um, use controls to manage your campaigns. Again, I mentioned um, that's to also control your budget to make sure your money is going where you want it to go. Um, check on your metrics daily or hourly, even if it's the first week of launching your campaign, because uh, you could have had something set the wrong way and you targeted the United States instead of targeting the city of Pomona and you burned up your budget in you know, an hour. So when you launch something, just keep your eyes on it, keep it open. You know, if you want to have your email or your your screen up of whatever you're working on, have your other screen up on your campaigns to not keep your eye off of them. That's really critical in the beginning phases. And then I didn't get too much into testing, but it's super important. Um, anything that you put out, the content, the ads, make sure that you're always testing. If something works, it's not going to be working next month or six months from now. So uh, you want to find out the elements that are working and put them into a, a new design, a new email template, a new you know content piece on your site. Testing is super important to not get comfortable where you're at, but to learn your audience more and more. And then of course, analyzing the data. I think I've said analyze a hundred times in this presentation because it's important. But um, a point to make about this is get good at Excel. Because when, if you're really doing your data right and looking at enough of it, then you got to be able to pivot it and do lookup tables and do all this stuff that, you know, you might not be comfortable yet, but if you get really good at, it's going to save you a ton of time and it's going to give you insights that are invaluable. And be fluid. Like I said, once you get the data in, it's sometimes, you know, you can't help it, but to expect a certain outcome from a campaign. But you got to read the data when it comes in and, and be ready to make a change uh, based on what your customers are, are doing or how they're engaging. Good. So that's all I have. I have an appendix here with some more stuff on branding and on some more links and some KPIs to look at across the channel. So uh, you can dig further into that after I send out a presentation. Um, I think we have five more minutes. So if you can ask questions or else um, I'll put my email in the presentation and you can email me your questions after. So thank you, everyone. Hi, thank you, Lydia. I actually did get a question in the chat. It says here, does content and social marketing, are they the same thing or how are they different? So content is really like, it wasn't its own channel before. Like no one really looked at it. It just looked at, they, it was looked at as something that you had to do for each channel. But the reason why they pull it out now and kind of make it its own is because they want to make sure that you're maintaining consistency in your messaging and your branding across the channels. So yes and no. So yes, it's pretty much the same thing as long as your content on social media is matching the branding and messaging of the content in your other channels. That answer your question yes it does thank you so much um i have a question go ahead edgar um i was just wondering do you know if like let's say i sign up with godaddy as a platform and then for some reason i'm just not um happy with their service would i be able to move my website from GoDaddy to another platform? I am not 100% positive because I have not built my own website yet, but I'm pretty sure that you can. I just don't know how to. So I'm going to look up and see if I can find an answer for you. And then I will put a link to it in the presentation slides. I'm going to make some adjustments before I send this out and disperse. Okay, cool. All right. And then one more question. Um, based on what you know about my club being that you're my mentor um what's called uh um do you know do you do you feel like um we could generate a revenue stream uh yes definitely because you want to charge for memberships right so yeah 
So definitely so you, opportunity. Uh, there's a lot to go into that though. You know, you want to look at price points. I think you already had some price points and some information on that. So that goes into your budgeting. Uh, and I can go over that with you separately if you want me to take a look at it. Yeah, I just wanted to just double check and get your thought on that. So cool. Thank you very much. No problem. And I think the one more question is keywords portfolio. Can you please add some more elaboration on what is it and what does it mean? So um, for keyword portfolio, that's in paid ads. Um, the reason, so what you're targeting when you pay for an ad is what people are typing in or what they're searching for. So if I'm a shoe sales company or I sell shoes, then my keyword portfolio is going to consist of keywords like women's shoes, kids' shoes, men's shoes, shoes on sale, red shoes, blue shoes, you know, that that's going to make up my keyword portfolio. Uh, it's created from the keyword research that you use, again, for SEO and your website content and and all that. And it's what you tell the search engines you're willing to pay for. And once they clicks on the ad that appears when they've searched that term, that's the cost that you're going to pay. Very great. Thank you so much. And I believe students should be heading back to class around this time. So thank you so much, Lydia, for your wonderful presentation. That information was so helpful and useful to all of us. So I really greatly appreciate you joining us today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Um, so like I said, I'm going to make a few revisions on the slides and then I'll send them out and, and you can distribute. Okay. Did you see receive the Gmail at the bottom in the chat box? Oh, yeah. Nice. Let me copy. Thank you for I can Thank you, Lydia. Bye, you guys. Thank Bye, you. everyone. Thank you, Edgar. Okay, I got it copied, so I will send it to you shortly. Great. Thank you so much. Okay, no problem. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you. Bye.